Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're set to go against the spread on this week number three, the 2017 NFL football season, week number four in college football. And time seems to be flying by as we're enjoying the football games this football season. And Victor, all in all, a few upsets in the world of college football, some things to talk about in the NFL as well. How was your week last week and the college and pro football cards? Good, pretty good week, Mark. I don't think we let the effects of the nasty bitch Irma get to us too bad. A pretty good week for our service, the, the newsletters as well. Naturally for us down here, it's the aftermath. Uh, it's the cleanup. It's going to take a good few months of hard work for Florida to get back to being the sunshine state. Uh, hang in there, fellow Floridians. Most people have their power back on. Most of the traffic lights are finally turned back on as well. But everywhere you drive on the road, you see these huge piles of downed trees, trunks, vegetation, branches. And we're going to finally get all that stuff starting to pick up. I know, again, if you take a look at my house in the front and the backyard, it's, <laughs> uh, it's pretty massive, the amount of damage. And hopefully we'll get that all picked up. The good thing... Uh, since you asked, is that I don't think we've let it affect our plays too much. A good week for the Playbook newsletter. According to my numbers, the best bets went 6-2 and two last week, including a really nice 4-0 and oh in college football. The second straight winning week for the totals tip sheet as well. We went 2-1 and one on those plays, 5-1 and one on the season. And this is a big week for us because our third newsletter comes out this week, and that's the Playbook Midweek Alert. It does, Victor. The midweek alert is what I'm all about. I love stats. I love pouring into the stats of college and pro football teams. You know, my our database, the 4D that we work out of, is largely historical, and it gives us a lot of technical information that we use to share with readers in the Playbook newsletter each week. And uh, it's all the technical slant side of things, but there's a statistical side of things when it comes to handicapping games. And uh, it's often been said that to be the best handicapper that you can possibly be, you need to be able to meld all three forms of handicapping in one equation, that being statistical, that being technical, and that being fundamental. So the midweek alert newsletter allows us the opportunity to take these statistical advantages that we can find, strengths against weaknesses, uh, where football teams excel in certain situations, yards per point per pass per play, things like that, doing the breakdown, and that's what we love doing, and that's what the midweek Alert will be all about. It debuts this week, week number one. We've got a few games under our belts with the NFL football teams, and uh, I'm excited about it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. In fact, I'll share with you later on the show a play from the Midweek Alert. It will be my complimentary play on the show later on down the road before we close the segment out. College football, Victor, I think uh, talking about what happened, at least tearing apart from the midweek, I noticed last week there were 13 games where teams won what I call inside-out phony fashion, where they won the games and lost the stats. 
There were eight teams in college football that won straight up as underdogs last week. And here we are heading into week number four of college football. And there are a bevy of undefeated football teams as we're talking right now. And uh, of those teams, we can go on and on. We can probably make a top 40 of undefeated football teams this year. But glancing up and down the list of the usual suspects, you know, those being the top 10 ranked teams, all undefeated this year, expected to be just that, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Oklahomas, Southern Cal's, Penn State, so forth and whatnot. Uh, my thought in what's happened thus far in college football with at least in regard to these undefeated teams, are the surprise teams, the teams that are undefeated yet at this stage of the football season. And uh, maybe a little tip of the hat, a notice to those guys, and they would include the likes of Wake Forest, a little bit of an unsung program out of the ACC who did a real nice job in the offseason when they did a lot of coaching changes to their staff, and it's really paying off huge dividends for the Deacon Demons this year. Memphis Tigers pulled that big, huge upset over UCLA last week. They were on our late phone football service. They were also a best bet in the newsletter last week. They've done a real nice job under first-year head coach Jay Norvell with that program. And we have to even throw out some kudos to Maryland, a football program that was a little bit way down, but uh, appears to be resurrecting themselves right now. Uh, this football season. Uh, my little observation, Victor, of what I've seen thus far in college football, what's your take as we enter into week four in college football? Well, this is potentially a critical weekend. Uh, I understand there's probably no actual true marquee matchup, but there are eight games matching undefeated teams. One of those, of course, we'll talk about in our big college football segment in the Big Ten Conference so this is going to be that Saturday that perhaps separates some contenders from actual pretenders uh, down the list very quickly. You got the Battle of the Bulldogs, Mississippi State and Georgia. You had a real nice play last week on Mississippi State, plus the points against LSU, a 30-point outright underdog win for Mississippi State. And, you know, not many people had this game circled before the season, Mississippi State against Georgia this week, but... Basically, here we are. The Bulldogs of the East might be the most solid team in a division fraught with weaknesses. And the Bulldogs of the West, they might be the only team in that division not named Alabama that hasn't been a major disappointment thus far. Big 12 Conference has got a big one this week. I keep getting indications from our friend in Texas that this might be King Creole's five-star over the month. It will not, Steve, but TCU-Oklahoma State, you know, the road to the Big 12 title runs through Stillwater, and in fact, the current capital of college football is the state of Oklahoma with a great start by the Sooners and a great start by the Cowboys as well, and this should be an interesting game as well, matching undefeateds. Of course, uh, Washington and Colorado out in the Pac-12 conference, the Huskies uh, have won their last seven true road games and they've earned some uh, carryover respect from that 12-2 and two season last year. Of course, we can't forget in the SEC Conference also Alabama against Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt might be one of those surprise teams this year with a 3-0 and start, including that big home win against Kansas State, a non-conference affair on Saturday. And then back in the Pac-12 Conference, of course, we've got USC in California. Cal's been a, a big surprise this season. A very improved defense. USC's kind of been up and down. They were vulnerable against Western Michigan. They were dominant against Stanford. And they were dangerously close to an outright loss as a 17-point home favorite against Texas. And then you mentioned Maryland. They got a game against Central Florida in the battle undefeated. Texas Tech taking on Houston. 
And then finally, a team down here who have been shrouded in mystery for almost a full month now, and that's our Miami Hurricanes taking on undefeated Toledo. Yeah, it goes on and on the list of college football teams. Good matchups, as you say, Victor. Perhaps no marquee matchups per se, but uh, uh, those football matchups, undefeateds versus undefeateds, and uh, the one that maybe we didn't even hit upon will be our featured college football game of the week. That'll be when Iowa plays host to Penn State. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show as well. So a lot to like about the college football card this week. Speaking about the midweek alert newsletter and breaking stats down, moving over to the NFL side of things, last week in the NFL was a little bit a little bit different than the first week, given the fact that the first week I had mentioned there were five, or it, there were all games, I should say, were perfectly played. There was nobody that won the stats that didn't win the football game. That was a rare occasion in the NFL that way last year, last week, opening week. Last week we found five inside-out phony stat winners on the card last week and four straight-up underdog winners. But I think the surprise this year, Victor, so far in the National Football League, and you would know this better than anybody uh, publishing the totals tip sheet, has been the lack of scoring in the NFL, whether it's a lack of offensive production or defense is stepping up. I don't know what the answer is, but the bottom line is defense is prevailing right now in the NFL. Boy, uh, you would have thought that you know week one was a truly inept week of offense in the NFL, but this past board brought us basically a second helping with 13 teams scoring one offensive TD or none in week two. And yes, there has been some fantastic good defense that has been played, but there's also been a lot of bad offense as well. Consider this here. Uh, four teams in the NFL after their first two games have only one offensive TD or none. Of course, those four teams, I believe, are Cincinnati, San Francisco, Seattle, and the New York Giants. And to gain a little bit of perspective, there was only four teams that fell into this category over the previous five seasons combined. So when we look at the over-under results after those first two weeks, it is no surprise that uh, unders have hit at about a 65% uh, thus far this season. In week one, the average points per game was 40.4 in the NFL, and that was 5.2 points less than the average over-under line. And then in week two, the numbers fell even further. The average points in the NFL game was just 40.2. The average game went under by 4.3 points per game. Uh, in terms of favorites and dogs, the dogs are 15-15-1 ATS, but it's been all about the unders this season. Now 11 unders, excuse me, 11 overs, 19 unders, one tie thus far. Some, again, very good defenses, some inept offenses, Denver's defense looked very good. The irony with Denver is, despite the fact that their defense, in my opinion, is the best in the NFL, they're one of the few teams that's actually 2-0 and to the over this season. They've been scoring some points. And Carolina, too, Mark, that defense is for real. They allowed three points on the road in their opening day and came right back and allowed only three points at home in their home opener against Buffalo. So there's been some great, great defense. And then, of course, you got a couple of teams where uh, – it's the same old story, and that would be the Saints defense, who has basically shown zero improvement this season. That's a little bit of an overview of what has or hasn't happened, at least scoring-wise, in the National Football League thus far this year. And before we move on to our first segment of the College Football Game of the Week, a little bit of an overview here also about 
Our good friend Steve Crabb from Texas tells us in his email nominating the most embarrassed red-faced football team in the NFL. He nominates the New York Jets, and I can arguably understand that. The New York Jets uh, really defensively have been very, very poor. They've been out-yarded over 100 yards in both of their football contests. Uh, I think he has to also maybe consider the Cincinnati Bengals on that list as well. There's a football team that hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. They lost all, both of their first two home games had to fire their defensive coordinator all sorts of uh, uh, oddities here for the Bengals but the fact of the matter is they are on the road this week the most embarrassing that will be at home will likely be the New York Jets in the NFL this week so thanks for the note Steve we'll keep an eye on what happens with the Jets and perhaps those other nominated teams for the most embarrassed red-faced teams in the NFL this week don't you go away when Victor and I come back We're going to get into our college football game of the week. We've got a dandy inside the Big Ten Conference when Iowa plays host to Penn State. We've got that game and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. Form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FireFan.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football game of the week, a beauty inside the Big Ten Conference when the Iowa Hawkeyes play host to the red-hot upstart Penn State Nittany Lions. Victor, your take on this big showdown in the Big Ten between Iowa and Penn State. This should be a fun game uh, Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern. Of course, sharp betters are extremely aware that uh, this is one of the better home fields and home field advantages all, all a college football Kinnick Stadium there for the Iowa Hawkeyes and I'm pretty sure you got some numbers to support that mark as well not to mention the fact that Iowa is playing with revenge from a big loss last year in which Penn State won 41 to 14 the over underline in the game opened at 53 it's dropped a half a point I'm currently showing it at about 52 and a half 
as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. And as long as the line stays above 51, I think there is some value on this game going under the total. Again, with a lot of totals, you're probably going to want to play this as early in the week as you possibly can. Both teams are one and two over under uh, on the season thus far. For Iowa, they went under in game one against Wyoming and by 25 points. They did go over in that second game, in-state rivalry game, Iowa State and the Cyclones. Overtime affair, that game ended up going over pretty easily. 44-41 to 41 was the final score. And then last week against North Texas, a game in which I believe the Hawkeyes were losing at the half. They came back and won in the second half. The game still went under against the Mean Green by seven points. Penn State also one and two over under on the season. Now, this was, of course, one of our favorite over teams to bet on last year. Penn State went 10-3-1 overall, and uh, that included our King Creole Bowl game of the year over the total in the Rose Bowl against USC, a game in which the over-under line was 59.5, and it was a shootout 52-49. to Again, as I mentioned, Penn State has come out 1-2. Same great offense as last year. Remember, however... A lot of these stats are kind of skewed because it's been non-conference action thus far for both teams. Penn State, of course, went under against Akron. They went under against Pitt in that 33-14 win. Last week against Georgia State, they did all the heavy lifting, and it was one of those rare games in college football where a team shuts out their opponent, and yet the game still went over the total thanks to that 56-0 win. Of course, both teams getting into conference play. Last year's game went over, but by only three points. I think you'll see a little bit more defense in this game. The Penn State defense, very underrated thus far. Again, albeit against non-conference opponents, but only allowing five points per game. So, again, this is one of those uh, value plays. A sharp better, whether it's an ATS better, a dog, a favorite, an over, an under better. Remember, they play numbers. They play value. They don't necessarily play what happened the previous week. So for us, our target number is 51.5 or higher. If you can get a line in there, Mark, we think there's some value on the Hawkeyes and the Nittany Lions going under the total. Victor likes defense in this Penn State-Iowa game. He's going under the 52.5 points for his side in the football game. And as I mentioned here, the red-hot Penn State Nittany Lions, 14-2 and straight up their last 16 regular season football games. And in fact, away from Happy Valley, they've won and covered five games in a row uh, dating back to last year. Five straight wins and covers away from Happy Valley are the Nittany Lions on a major winning roll right now. I'll say this, though, looking inside the midweek alert, and it's an absolute must read if you're a serious handicapper looking inside the numbers at uh, Penn State thus far this year, there's one hiccup. And to me, it's a red flag. It's the fact that while they're undefeated, they're 3-0 to begin the season here. In that game against Pittsburgh this football season here, it was a victory for Penn State. Yes, uh, they won the game 33-14, to but they're outgained or outstated by the Panthers in that contest. And to put up only 312 yards of total offense in the game, that's a Pittsburgh uh, football team that's noted for defense. Their head coach, at least, Pat Narduzzi is, and as is Kirk Ferentz, Ferentz of Iowa, the same way, a defensive football coach. So we'll be interested to see how Penn State can handle this defense of Iowa. Iowa comes in here 3-0 also on the season, a matchup of two 3-0 teams. The last time Iowa opened the season 3-0 was back in 2015. 
when they went on to win their first 12 straight games in a row of the season before bottoming out and going 12-2. and two. Before that, they opened up 3-0 and 0 in 2009 and went on to win nine straight football games in a row. For Iowa, looking inside the numbers here, they're in a comfortable role here, to say the least, as a conference home underdog. 9-2 and two to the spread when taking more than seven points. Playing with triple revenge are the Hawkeyes in this football game here. We make note that this is our incredible stat of the week on the playbook.com website for Wednesday. The Iowa Hawkeyes 10-0-1 to the spread. The last 11 games, they played football games with revenge. Bottom line to me in this football game is value. You talk about looking at what happened in this contest last year between these two teams. And remember, both teams are still undefeated this year. Nothing's gone backwards. Neither team has regressed from last year. Iowa was a six-point dog at Penn State last year. Now they're a whopping double-digit home underdog against Penn State in this football game. And you're talking about Kirk Ferentz, the head coach here at Iowa, who's been terrific in his career at home. Overall, 86-36 and 36 straight up at home, 60-48-3 to the spread. Those are solid numbers for over 100 occurrences for a head coach at home to beat the spread. In matchups at home against undefeated teams and undefeated teams, when Ferentz's Iowa Hawkeye team is undefeated. The opponent's undefeated. He's been in those matchups 10 times as a head coach at home with Iowa. He's won eight of those football games straight up on the scoreboard. I like the upset in this football game. I'll play Iowa plus the points. I'll also play them on the money line in this football game for my side in this Big Ten showdown on Saturday. Don't go away. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. It's an intra-conference battle between Seattle and Tennessee, a big matchup on the NFL card. We'll have that. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check with our good friend Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend with another update on the Superbook contest and well as well. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game? Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code VegasFireFan. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. 
Reform a League, do live chats, and get in the game today at firefan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code VEGASFIREFAN. That code again is VEGASFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code VEGASFIREFAN now at firefan.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week number three of the National Football League, week number four in college football. And on the NFL side of things, we've got a great AFC-NFC matchup on tap in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend when Tennessee plays host to the Seattle Seahawks. Victor, this should be a good showdown between two up-and-coming football teams that are playing pretty good football right now. Seattle and Tennessee, your take on the Seahawks and the Titans. Absolutely, Mark. Uh, We already knew that this was going to basically be the marquee game of the late afternoon kickoffs, but one can make a case that it's certainly the marquee game of the entire Sunday schedule, and that is definitely for sure with Seattle taking on Tennessee. Seattle heading east. Seattle, one of those teams that we mentioned at the top of the show that has scored only one touchdown this season, and that was late in the fourth quarter, against a pretty tired San Francisco defense at home to get the win against the 49ers. Of course, in week one, they were held to just nine points against the Packers in that 17-9 to loss. In terms of the point spread and the total, Tennessee uh, actually opened up a surprising home favorite in this game. The last time I looked, they're up to about minus three points. Over underline opened at 44. It's come down a full point to a point and a half, somewhere in the 42 and a half to 43 range. Uh, a quick opinion, if I may, if this game were played in any week last season or in even weeks one or two of this season, it would have been Seattle who would have been the favorite. They would have been a road favorite of anywhere from minus three to minus four points in this particular game. So if you're looking for value, there's probably a little built-in value on the Seahawks in this game now that they are a road underdog. And again, this is a week in the NFL in which there's a lot of teams favored on the road. So to not see Seattle being one of those teams is a little bit surprising. A Seahawks team that's gone 7-0 ATS in their third game of the season against a Titans team that's gone 0-5 ATS after a straight-up win of 14 or more points. And we want to thank Tennessee. Our four-star over the week last week was Jacksonville, Tennessee, over 41-and-a-half. A A lot of us, myself included, felt pretty dead in the water when the game was 6-3 to at the half. But Tennessee came out with a 17-point third quarter. The fourth quarter was raining touchdowns. The game ended up with 53 total points. It turned out to be one of the highest-scoring games of the day Sunday. Actually, very surprising to us. But uh, we did hit that nice one as well. In terms of the series between these two teams, six out of the last seven meetings have indeed gone under the total. And that's the way I'm going to be looking in this game, Mark. The average line, 43.1. Average total points scored between these two teams, 36.4. So the average game has gone under by almost a full touchdown, minus 6.7. Of course, I just talked about Seattle. They are 0-2 over under on the year, going under by 23.5 points against Green Bay and going under by 21 points against San Francisco, 
a team that was also one in three over under in the preseason in August. Tennessee one and one. They went under by seven and a half in their opener against Oakland. They did go over by 11 against Jacksonville last week. But again, remember that game was six to three at the half. That's also a team that went one and three over under in the preseason as well. And I'm liking me some under action in this game as long as the line stays just above 42 points, Mark. From our totals tip sheet, non-conference games in this week of the season have gone a perfect 0-6 over-under in the last three years when the over-under line is less than 47 points. And in all non-conference games, that's AFC versus NFC, regardless of the week, in the last six years has been three overs, 15 unders, for AFC home favorites of a field goal or less, like Tennessee, against any NFC opponent, like Seattle, when the over-under line is in the mid to low range of less than 44 points. I think there's some value here on, actually, Seattle plus the points, but me, on the totals guy. As long as your underline stays above 42, we'll recommend a small play on under the total. Victor Small play to the under total in the Seattle-Tennessee matchup on Sunday, a matchup of two possible playoff potential football teams. As Victor mentioned here, the opening line in this football game, a little bit surprising given the fact that uh, if you take a look at the Westgate Superbook contest lines that are sent out early in advance each week, last week the Seattle Seahawks were made the one-point favorite in the football game as we speak on the podcast here on Wednesday. They're now the three-point underdog in the game, so that ends up being value per se, if you will, on the Seattle Seahawks, if you like them. If you like Pete Carroll as a head coach, you have to love the fact that in his last 17 games as an underdog when playing off a win, Carroll is 13-2-2 to the spread in this particular role. His compatriot, Russell Wilson, his quarterback, is 13-3-1 to the spread as a dog in all games as a starting quarterback for the Seahawks, including 9-1-1 to the spread when he's off a win. And surprisingly, as we talked about in the overview at the beginning of the show, this is a Seattle, one of the two football teams in the NFL that has yet to score a touchdown this football season here. So is there a do factor here for Seattle or is this offense suppressed right now? That remains to be seen. We'll find that out Sunday when they take on the Titans in Tennessee. Tennessee is the new popular hot team, if you will, in the NFL this year, especially on the AFC side of things. We saw a lot of this with the Oakland Raiders last football season where they, where they were the it team in the NFL. It happens to be the Tennessee Titans, assuming that mantle this particular football season. However, looking inside the numbers here, this is a step-up game for Tennessee. When I say step-up, you look at the last 25 games that they played at home, they've only won seven of those games on the scoreboard, seven and 18 straight up. Haven't won a game yet at home this year, 0-1. And in fact, when they've been at home in non-division games over that period of time, they're just 3-13. and straight up, 4-11-1 to the spread. So they've struggled at home in non-division games Have the Titans here of late. And they're also, if you take a look, when they're playing in their second home game of the season with revenge, they're 0-6 to the spread. So not so good numbers for the Tennessee Titans in this contest here. The bottom line to me is this deadly combination of Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson as underdogs in value-type situations that we outlined earlier here I have to grab the points with Seattle against Tennessee for my side in this football game on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show as we hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas vibe 
and find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend from our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? Going very well, Mark. It's been a good start to the season. Hard to believe we are approaching the one-quarter to one-third mark of the college football season. And in the NFL, we're approaching critical week three, where a number of teams that are 0-2 have some dangerous situations facing them this weekend. Teams that are 2-0 try to continue to show that, indeed, they are going to be contenders this year or maybe fall back, for example, like the Minnesota Vikings did last year following their 5-0 start. So interesting times in both college and pro football as we approach the uh, mid to later part of September. And it's unusual that you mentioned that, or ironic, I should say, that you mentioned that, because the poll that we put up each week on the Playbook.com website, our poll this week going up today as we're speaking, is which 0-2 NFL team is most likely to make the playoffs this year. When they put that list together here, there's nine 0-2 teams, and there's not too many of them that are really candidates that are going to be overwhelming to make the playoffs this year. Perhaps maybe Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe the New York Giants, but my goodness, you talk about the likes of the Jets and the Browns and the Bears and the 49ers. <laughs> you know, they're not going to gather a vote per se. So uh, what in your estimation, Andy, would you say of the 0-2 teams that you think has a fighting chance to maybe perhaps overcome their slow start and maybe make the playoffs? Well, I think you mentioned the two, Mark, most likely the uh, New York Giants and the Cincinnati Bengals. And of course, let me take a moment to express the thought that We've heard over the years how if you start 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs are extremely, extremely low. But you need to keep in mind that uh, quite a number, in fact, I would say a majority of those teams that start 0-2 were teams that were expected not to make the playoffs anyway at the start of the season. For example, you mentioned the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns. So if you factor out the teams, and I guess, and I haven't done the study, but I guess you could go back and at least the numbers that I have go back to the late 1990s where they started putting out season win totals and if you take a look at those teams that were rejected probably at five wins or fewer and you took out those teams that started 0-2 maybe it's not quite the 12 or 13 percent of teams that make the playoffs uh, that uh, start 0-2 maybe it more like uh, could be perhaps that uh, uh, 40 to 50 percent of the teams that start 0-2 that were not projected to win uh, five or fewer games make the playoffs. So, yeah, it's a dire situation. I'm a little bit more concerned about Cincinnati because aside from the problems they've had offensively, both of their losses came at home, meaning that of the final 14 games, 12 of them will, uh, excuse me, of the final 14 games, eight will be played on the road, only six will be played at home. The Giants, of course, uh, one, in, uh, one at home, one on the road. And really the game against Dallas, you could have expected that to be a loss. So their situation, even though they haven't looked good, is better than Cincinnati's. But I still think those are the two teams most likely of the 0-2 group to make the playoffs. I have to agree with you, Andy, on both counts here. And I think the key point is the fact that of the other group, they largely weren't expected to make the playoffs. So if they do it would have been a surprise to begin the football season and even a bigger surprise moving forward from this point on. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, the big news this year, obviously in Las Vegas, we hit on it last week, was the record amount of entries in the Superbook contest this year. And I know it got off to a rocky start in week number one when the consensus went 0-5. In fact, 0-6, as you mentioned, if you went six deep on the consensus. How did the contestants fare in week number two of the contest last week? 
Well, the consensus actually had a winning record going three and two. Uh, they had the Tennessee Titans over the Jaguars, the Patriots over the Saints, the Steelers over the Vikings. The two losers were the Cowboys over the Broncos and the uh, Packers over the Falcons. Those were the uh, consensus uh, plays for the uh, week. So for the season, not very good at three and seven, but at least if you look on it on a week to week basis, it's 500 in terms of winning weeks versus losing weeks, one winner and one loser. Breaking it down a little bit further, the f- uh, times that the uh, consensus plays have been on the favorites, they've been on 20 favorites this year, in the 31 games, those favored consensus plays are 8 and 12. When the consensus has been overall on the underdog in the game, they are 3, 7, and 1. So that makes up an overall total of 11, 19, and 1, which is still an improvement over last year and over last week. They were 6, 9, and 1 uh, uh, two weeks ago uh, in week one. And so they came back this week to go 6-10, and ten. a very slight improvement, but still well below what you would like to see. But then again, Mark, as you and I know, there's a lot of, uh, let's call it, uh, I don't like to use the word amateur handicappers, but non-professional handicappers. Although, in general, over the past 10, 15 years, the public at large has been getting much better, much sharper. There's more information out there. It's being interpreted uh, better than it has been in the past. It's still... Uh, a disappointment to see that there's that much in the, in the in the consensus in terms of preferring favorites over underdogs. By the way, in the Super Contest Gold, that new winner-take-all $5,000 entry fee, uh, the consensus there, and uh, you take take it uh, for what it's worth because there's only 94 entrants in it, two and three each of the first two weeks, so not faring all that much better than the 2,800-plus uh, who are in the uh, main contest. It's an overview of what's going on. 2,700, 2,748, yep. I think the number was, right? Yeah. Uh, what's going on in that Superbook contest in Las Vegas from our good friend Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And once again, to our listeners out there, if you haven't yet downloaded or looked at Andy's weekly newsletter, The Logical Approach, I highly encourage you to do that. Log on to the website at TheLogicalApproach.com, or you can pick up a copy each week in the Playbook Superstore com website as well. Andy, we talked a little bit about in our overview of the NFL football game of the week, which we did between Seattle and Tennessee, about there being some perceived line value to Seattle in the football game based, if nothing else, on what the lines were, the lines last week sent out by the Superbook uh, one week in advance. A little bit of overview, if you've got, Andy, of what you see as perhaps line value or line moves anyway of what happened from the send out last week as to what we're looking at this week. Well, we're still in the uh, what I call the second preseason, the preseason that counts, and that's the first four games of the regular season. As a result, we're going to see significant adjustments and then perhaps even significant moves from the lines that were posted a week earlier. When these lines for week three were posted, only week one had been played, and in fact, Miami and Tampa Bay hadn't even been in action because of the hurricane postponement, so we had only one set of games to draw opinions from, and then, of course, week two was played, and And the uh, games were reposted on the uh, boards as of Sunday night or Tuesday morning in the case of the the two Monday night uh, contestants after that had been taken down on Monday. And so there have been some significant adjustments and then line moves. For example, I'll start right with the uh, London game. 
Baltimore was a four and a half point favorite going into last week. And then they came a four and a half point favorite after week two's actions for both Baltimore and Jacksonville. So not much of an adjustment as far as based on week two, but the public has gone towards Jacksonville. Baltimore now a three and a half point neutral site favorite over Jacksonville. And the impression I've been getting really throughout uh, the entire summer and into the start of the regular season is that Jacksonville is going to be one of those popular plays amongst the professionals uh, throughout the course of this season. They rewarded their backers in week, in week one uh, with their nice upset of the Houston Texans. They disappointed their backers in week two, also a consensus play when they lost at home to the Tennessee Titans. Other movements or adjustments of notes, I'll mention the Denver-Buffalo game. Denver's looked outstanding in winning its first two games at home in relatively impression, in, impressive uh, fashion, although the game against uh, the uh, L.A. Chargers got a little bit hairy after Denver had built up a comfortable lead, and then, of course, they just blew out Dallas. Last week at Buffalo, this game was expected to open, or actually did open for betting action for the latter part of the week. Buffalo, a one-and-a-half-point home favorite prior to Week Two's plays. Buffalo, of course, lost to Carolina. Decent defensive effort. Not much to say about their offense. And I just mentioned the effort that, da- that Denver put in against Dallas. When the game went back up on the board Sunday night, Denver opened a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. They've been bet up to a three-point road favorite. So that's a full four-and-a-half-point adjustment, including a change of favorites. Other games of note, and you mentioned the uh, Tennessee game, uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks were one-point road favorites last week in this upcoming contest at Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, had their nice win last weekend after losing opening week to at home to the uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Titans came back with a very solid win over the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars. Actually, a solid win in the second half. That was a very competitive game at halftime in that one. And, of course, Seattle struggled greatly in putting up very little offense at home against San Francisco in a spot that favored the Seahawks greatly coming off of their opening week loss at Green Bay, where their offense was almost non-existent. So as a result, after Seattle was a one-point road favorite last week, uh, Tennessee Sunday night opened as a two-point home favorite. They've been bet up to a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. So again, another situation where we've crossed zero and changed favorites, a total of a three and a half point adjustment based upon the book's adjustment and the public's reaction as a result. The New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles is another example. Philadelphia was a three-point home favorite last week before week's two actions. On Sunday, Philadelphia put in a competitive but losing effort at Kansas City. Not a terrible shock. Of course, the Giants were inactive until Monday night. So when the game went back up on the boards on Sunday evening at the Westgate Sportsbook, the Eagles adjusted up slightly to a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Uh, then, of course, the Giants put in that dud of a performance on Monday night. Again, their prevent offense preventing any hopes of uh, enthusiasm for the Giants going forward. When that line came out on Tuesday morning, it was b- moved up to a six-point Philadelphia home favorite in that one. One of the more significant movements we've seen in recent years. Kansas City, as a result of their fine start and the Chargers uh, with their 0-2 start, Kansas City was a one-and-a-half-point favorite a week ago for this week. When they came back up on the board Sunday night, they had been adjusted up to two-and-a-half. They've since been bid up to a three-point uh, road favorite. One that's interesting is the Cincinnati-Green Bay game. Over the summer, Green Bay was about a seven-point home favorite against Cincinnati, which really, when you go into the start of the season, seemed like a big number considering Cincinnati was expected to contend for the playoffs in the minds of many this year. Yet after their week one performance uh, at home in in that loss to uh, 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 
Baltimore, that 20 to nothing shutout, Green Bay was made a nine-point home favorite uh, prior to Week Two's action. Uh, Sunday night, the game came back up after Cincinnati had lost 13 to nine at home on uh, Thursday night to Houston, and Green Bay lost in Atlanta. Maybe a little bit more one-sided than uh, many people expected. The Packers came up as a nine and a half point home favorite. Actually, went up to ten in some places, but they've been bet down to a nine-point home favorite, and that's pretty much the major activity that we've seen as far as adjustments in the opening number from last week to Sunday night and then the movement in the numbers from Sunday night till today. Andy, before I hand it off to Victor, because I know he's got a question or two he wants to run by you on the show this week as well, uh, let me ask you this question here. Uh, if Sam Bradford plays or doesn't play for the Minnesota Vikings this weekend, uh, if he plays, what would you make the line? If he doesn't play, what would you make the line? Because right now we haven't seen a line anywhere as far as that game is concerned. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to mention that. Prior to last week's action, and of course it was the first game for Tampa Bay, the second game for Minnesota with Sam Bradford being a late scratch in their game at Pittsburgh, which sent that line up about three points on the morning of the game when the announcement was made about 90 minutes prior to kickoff. Uh, Minnesota last week was projected to be a three-point home favorite over uh, Tampa Bay. I would expect that if Bradford is listed as probable when they finally do put a line up, we'll probably see Minnesota in that three-point range. I was going to say maybe a little bit lower than that, but I think if he's expected to play, three would be the right number. I was going to say lower because Tampa Bay looked so impressive in their win against Chicago to open their season in week two. That was a home game. However, if Bradford is certainly uh, unlikely to play and perhaps even listed as doubtful or out, I wouldn't be surprised to see if this game opens at a pick'em and that the money comes in on Tampa Bay if Sam Bradford does not play. I agree 100% with that assessment on with or without Sam Bradford playing for the Minnesota Vikings this week. Victor, I know once again you've got a question you want to run by Andy while we've got him on the show this week. I certainly do, and Andy is on a roll. I can listen to Andy all day long. I really like the fact that Andy talks about this first month of the NFL regular season as the second preseason. I understand it, and I get it. It's generally the toughest month to handicap and wager on, and it's a good reason to bring those wagers down a little bit during the first month, and then perhaps escalating them ever so slightly once we get into October, November, and December, of course. I get it, and I like it. Now, Mark stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to get Andy's impressions for the Tampa Bay-Minnesota unlined NFL game, but that's okay. Maybe we can get Andy's impressions on scoring in the NFL after the first two weeks, or in this case, lack of scoring, Andy. The first two weeks of the NFL season, the average game has only uh, been 40.3 points per game. It's gone under by an average of about five points per game. According to my numbers, 11 overs, 19 unders, and one tie, or 12 and 19 over-under, depending on what your actual line was in that Philadelphia-Kansas City game. But, Andy, I would imagine it was probably a good outcome for the sports books in general when we have not just one big under-week, but actually two big under-weeks in a row. 
Yeah, and of course, uh, Victor, there were a couple of games that came very close to the totals, depending upon how you charted them. The New England, uh, New Orleans game, uh, you could have actually cashed on both the under and the over in that game, depending upon when you played them, because there was a lot of action in that game right around the uh, the total that fell at 56 within the uh, 24 to 36 hours prior to kickoff. And the same thing pretty much on uh, the Sunday night game. The Sunday night game generally resulted in an over for most betters in the game between Atlanta and Green Bay, and of course, a primetime game that goes over the total is generally bad for the books. Now, the books did have a good week in that sense because both the Thursday night game between Houston and Cincinnati, which handicapped as an under, did indeed stay well under the total. So those people who may have even uh, teased the total over uh, in that game lost. And the same thing was true in the game on uh, Monday night between Detroit and and the New York Giants, that 24-10 to 10 game, I think, destroyed all the teasers who may have played that one over, even some of the better numbers that were adjusted downwards. At least I'm talking two-team totals, not uh, three-team, uh, two-team teasers rather than three-team teasers. So I think overall, lower-scoring games, especially in this current environment that goes back several years featuring high-scoring games, in fact, I believe the average total points per game over the last three, four seasons has been in the vicinity of 45 to 46 points per yep. game. So we've seen more than a field goal adjustment in the first two weeks, or at least more than a field goal deficit from what we've historically seen over the last four or five years. And so to your point, Victor, I would think that the books have done very well with the totals early in the season, especially when you've had so many teams struggling on offense that affected their totals. For example, teams like Carolina, teams like Seattle, teams obviously like Cincinnati, and even teams like the New York Giants as well. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, visiting with us on the show this week with, once again, some great insight and observation on what's going on in Las Vegas as we head into week number three of the National Football League season. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would like to know what you're looking at for a complimentary play on the show this week. Well, I've gotten off to a rough start uh, with the with the 0-2 start, including last week's uh, uh, poor prediction on the New York Giants as the uh, game against the Lions has many fans who go back 20, 25 years yearning for the return of, I can't believe I'm saying this, Ray Handley who succeeded <laughs> Bill Parcells after his two Super Bowl championships. And maybe we're seeing the same thing with uh, uh, Ben McAdoo succeeding Tom Coughlin after his two Super Bowl championships with the Giants. But I'm going to go back to a team that I liked in, number, in week number one and was very disappointed. I touched upon them a little bit earlier, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals who are getting nine points this week at the uh, Green Bay Packers, their first road game of the season. And it's been a very disappointing start, but Cincinnati at least took some action to the extent that they fired their offensive coordinator this uh, this past uh, week or after Sunday's game or after Thursday's game it happened over the weekend. And that should provide a spark for some innovative play calling. There's too much talent on the Cincinnati Bengal team to believe that they have not scored a touchdown through eight quarters of football, two home games nonetheless, as far as uh, the Bengals off to a start. Green Bay still has some questions on defense. We don't know about the condition of wide receiver Jordy Nelson. I guess he's continued to be listed as questionable uh, for this game. How much of a factor he'll be remains to be seen if even if, he, even if he does suit up. And Cincinnati still brings a very solid defense into this game. We saw the defensive effort that they put in against Houston in that 13-9 loss, and the defense actually played well in that opening 20 to nothing loss against Baltimore. So you've got Andy Dalton, a veteran 
quarterback off to a horrible start. You've got A.J. Green. You've got the talented trio in the backfield. There's just too much talent on this Cincinnati team to believe that they're going to be held uh, to the inept performances offensively that we've seen the last two weeks. I like the fact that they took action. They didn't give it a few more weeks for things to sort out, and I think that that's going to be a positive. Puts a couple of players on notice. Puts a couple of coaches on notice. Puts the quarterback on notice because I think if this uh, uh, offensive slump continues for another week or two, it might be uh, just uh, uh, the beginning of uh, a very rapid end for Andy Dalton as starting quarterback and Marvin Lewis as Bengals coach. So this is one of those uh, rally the wagons type game for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're catching a Green Bay team that was not overly impressive in their win against uh, Seattle. It had a lot to do with Seattle's offensive miscues rather than great Green Bay defense. And of course, they had to be very disheartened after their performance last week in Atlanta. It was a what was a big revenge game against the team that kept them out of the Super Bowl last year. So I'm going to take the nine points with the Cincinnati Bengals this week in Green Bay. Andy loves the Bengals plus the points in a big value situation against Green Bay for his complimentary play on the show this week. So, too, do I, Andy. I'll throw that in there as well for where that matters. Uh, Andy, before I let you go, let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you if they got any questions or information about TheLogicalApproach.com, if you would. Yeah, the uh, listeners can visit the uh, website, TheLogicalApproach.com. They can contact me by email at logical 7 at Cox, C-O-X dot net. That's logical, the number seven, at Cox dot net. I'll do my best to respond to folks within uh, hopefully 24 hours of receipt. That's Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Once again, Andy, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Victor. Let's all go out and have a great weekend. Thank you, Andy. Great job once again, as always. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week, along with Victor and my complimentary plays as well, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today there's a storm coming a firestorm get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same introducing fire fan it's a game changer Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores. You call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. Play the game. Fan the fire. Earn rewards. 
And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week. This comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, and we call it simply Help. The big tune by the Beatles, Help. And what we're looking to do is to plan any college football home team in game four of the season that started out one and two if they're off a win and they're taking on an opponent that's off a straight-up and ATS win. So what we've got here is a college football home team that started out 0-2, won their last football game in a key pivotal game four matchup, taking on an opponent that's nice and comfortable off a straight-up and ATS win. We've done that because these teams are 18-3 and against the spread in this help situation. Our help Awesome angle play this week will be on the North Carolina Tar Heels when they dress up as a home dog this week. We'll play North Carolina for our awesome angle play on the football show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend and also his complimentary play on the show this week. Victor, if you will, do the honors. You got it, Mark. Don't forget, this is a big week for all of our newsletters at Playbook. You can get them at playbook.com. We've got issue number, let's see here, five of the Playbook newsletter. Issue number three, the totals tip sheet. Issue number one of the midweek alert. All three, of course, available at playbook.com. In terms of uh, our King Creole service, it's been a good start to the NFL season. Our totals plays have gone six and two after two weeks. I don't see anything in terms of a best bet that I like in the NFL this week, sir. I'm going to lay a little bit lower in the NFL, but we do got a big one in college football, and our college football totals plays did go a perfect 3-0 and last Saturday. We're on a nice little roll in college football, and we've got a big one going this week, five-star totals game of the month, a game going over the total and that will be available at the playbook.com website as early as Thursday evening. So you're going to want to check that one out as well. And for our free play this week, we're going to tag team with Andy a little bit if I can. And this is courtesy of Speedy's under of the week in the totals tip sheet and going under in the Bengals Packers game, a game that opened at 45 and a half. It's come down a full point to 44 and a half. We got two of the top eight defenses in the NFL taking each other on. And we also have one of these winless teams that hits the road in week three. I wrote an article in the playbook yearbook magazine about some of the better over under situations in each of the first four weeks of the season. And one of those goes this week, NFL week three winless teams on the road in non-division play have gone 1-15 and 15 over-under when the over-under line is greater than 43 points. The only team that qualifies this week is the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that has, as we talked about at the top of the show, no touchdowns in their first two games. With that said, that qualifies Cincinnati in a 90% under situation, 1-9 and over-under last 10 years. Non-division teams who scored less than 10 points in each of their last two games versus any opponent off a straight-up loss like the Packers when the over-under line is greater than 41 points. Again, the line has already come down to 44-and-a-half. Get your play in soon. Again, that's a key number, 44-and-a-half. 
Now, we were fortunate that the Green Bay-Atlanta game went over the total last Sunday night, oh, by a point or two. Of course, Al Michaels of NBC TV did make another one of those sly over-the-total references. But this Green Bay offense, they are in definitely not in midseason form. That's for sure. Scoring only 17 in week one against Seattle, as we mentioned also at the top of the show. There could be no Jordy Nelson this week. There could be no Randall Cobb this week. And we could have another week where Green Bay is missing both of their starting offensive tackles. So the game script in this one, Green Bay you know, maybe gets out to a little bit of a lead, grinds the clock in the second and a half. Don't forget, they got a Thursday game coming up next week, a big Thursday division game. So teams tend to take their foot off the gas playing at home when they have a Thursday game upcoming like the Packers. Mark, we're going under Bengals against the Packers. And don't forget that big one we got in college football this week. Victor's big five-star NFL totals game of the month goes this week. You can get it online at playbook.com. Excuse me. You can also download your copy of the totals tip sheet as the totals tip sheet is off to a great start once again this football season. Before I get to my complimentary play, a couple of quick mentions here. First of all, I want to pass along to our listeners out there that I just got wind that uh, Jake LaMotta, the well-known boxer, passed away as we're doing the podcast here this morning here. And uh, the reason I'm mentioning that is uh, Jake was 93 years old, the Raging Bull. If people remember him from the movie The Raging Bull uh, fame, also a legendary boxer. And I had the opportunity to meet with Jake LaMotta. Uh, at the, we had a box at Gulfstream Park uh uh, a box that we share with a bunch of uh, people. And Jake LaMotta would frequent the box frequently with us and come in there and tell his war stories. And uh, he was a man of many stories, i got to tell you that. And one of the stories that he shared with me that I remember the most, it was a question I asked him directly. I said, Jake, let me ask you this. Of all of the fights that you've had in your life, uh, which fight did you have, uh, which boxer packed the biggest punch that you ever took in your life? And he looked at me in the square of my face. And he said, son, let me tell you this. The biggest hit I ever took in my life came from my seventh wife. <laughs> she, <laughs> she rocked me over the coals. She took me down big time. He <laughs> was a man who liked the women. He liked the booze and he liked boxing. And uh, uh, hats off to you. Rest in peace, Jake Lamotta. It was really a pleasure to having met you along the way. I know you enjoyed good times throughout your life. And uh, once again, it was nice having met you. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, before I get to my complimentary play here, I want to remind our listeners out there that uh, friends at mybookie.com are offering a 100% sign-up bonus to all listeners of the podcast to take advantage of a 100% sign-up bonus. Simply log on at mybookie.ag or call them toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie in time for the football games this weekend. And if you haven't done so yet, guys, I also encourage you to join my coffee club each and every morning where I send out a daily email. It's in your email box about 6 o'clock every morning. Have a cup of coffee with me where I go over the football and baseball cards <clears throat> Excuse me, that are on tap that day. It's my thoughts and my views on the card each and every day in the coffee club. It's only $10 a month. When you sign up today, you'll get the first month free on me, so two months for 10 bucks. It's the best email read I think you'll make 
the coffee club. Check it out at playbook.com. And while you're there, I also want to share with you my NFL Game of the Month is going to kick off this Sunday. We were a perfect 4-0 last year on our NFL Game of the Month plays. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners. To take advantage, log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to get on board at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football show this week comes directly from the Midweek Alert Football Newsletter, which you got to get your hands on this week, guys, at playbook.com. One of the plays inside the midweek is a call on the Air Force this football weekend on Saturday when they take on San Diego State. San Diego State comes into this contest feeling awfully good right now these days. Why? Because they just knocked off back-to-back Big Ten teams, both in the roles of underdogs. Now they're going to dress up as a road favorite in a conference game at Air Force this week. It's a bad role for Rocky Long as a head coach in college football. He's just 1-5 to the spread in games off back-to-back. Wins in coverage when the last game came as a dog. And I'll also throw this note out from the midweek alert that teams who have beat Pac-12 teams back-to-back games, non-conference teams off back-to-back Pac-12 wins, it's only happened 12 times. They've gone just 3-9 and nine to the spread in letdowns and only 1-7 and seven to the spread in this role if you knock out Notre Dame, who's been in that role frequently. Just 1-7 teams if you're not named Notre Dame in this after beating the Pac-10-12 conference teams back-to-back week roles. Air Force, you're simply talking about a team that's won 18 of the last 19 games straight up at home and a team that's also in the last five times they've been a home underdog. They've won every game straight up, going 5-0 and straight up in ATS. We'll grab the points with Air Force over San Diego State for our complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. For our good friend Victor King from King Creel Sports, Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above until next week. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.